Well, I was going to say, if you do want to stay, there's plenty of pitchforks at the door. (laughs) (laughs) Tech Hockey Guide presents the Chasing McNaughton Podcast. Covering the Michigan Tech Huskies and the CCHA with your host, Tim Brown, Rob Gilreath, Dustin Lindstrom, and Matt Cavender. All right, welcome to episode eight of season three of the Chasing McNaughton podcast hosted by Tech Hockey Guide. I am Rob Gilreath, your still temporary host, uh, joined this week by Dustin Lindstrom. Hey, everyone. And Matt Cavender. Hello, everybody. And this week, we've got a special guest for the first time of the Timless series. We've got uh, Drew Evans, formerly of BGSU Hockey. Thanks for joining us, Drew. Hey, happy to be here, guys. Thanks for inviting me. So this week, we'll, we'll do a quick chat about Drew with uh, BG season. We'll, we'll jump into some CCHA roundup, and then uh, Drew will take Tim's spot again for the fantasy part. And we'll jump into just talking about text last weekend and what's going on the weekend after, so. Fibke Dental is a general dentistry practice located in downtown Rhinelander, Wisconsin, home of the Hodag. Look online at FibkeDental.com or find them on Facebook. They do pain-free dentistry for kids, adults, people that went to great schools, and people that ended up at Northern Michigan. Stop in and say hi between 8 and 5 and tell them THG sent you. That is F-I-E-B-K-E dental.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's uh, let's get started here with what's going on in Ohio. Uh, well, other than personal stuff that we talked about, uh, so BG's actually gotten off to a surprisingly good start. Um, I think going into this season, when you looked at the team, looked at the losses, I don't think you would have expected this team to just have the one loss at this point. Um, I think that the series at Bemidji was the most telling to me that they went into a place they usually don't play great at, and they still got a split out of it. Uh, Last week, they took care of business against St. Thomas, which those are the games that you expect that you have to win. Uh, I think this weekend is like it is, I think, for every team in the league. This is your measuring stick. This is going to be against Mankato. It's Mankato. They're great every year. Um, And congratulations to Dryden McKay for him uh, setting the new record in men's Division One. doesn't get to be set against you guys, right? Yeah. I don't think he's going (laughs) to get a night off. I don't think he's going to be opening the door much. But, uh, yeah, I think that uh, when you look at the team, it's – it's surprising to me. I, I don't mean that as an insult at all. Um, it's just that I think that the pieces that they've brought in, like Austin Swankler, uh, Nathan Burke, those guys have contributed really well. 
So, so far, so good. Oh, yeah. Who all did you guys lose to the transfer portal? You got one guy went to North Dakota, right? Um, Connor Ford, Cam Wright, yeah. uh, Brandon Cruz, uh, Eric Dopp, Justin Wells. Oh, it just hurts to list that many off. I didn't realize it was that many. I knew yeah, you guys were close lot. to Lake State level, but I didn't realize it was that bad. It was pretty bad. And I mean, some of them are seniors. Um, t- the, I think the biggest losses, honestly, were Tim Theocharitis and Will Collin on the blue line because that used to be one of BG's strengths. And I'm not saying it's a weakness now, but they're definitely not as deep as they were. Sure. I thought you were going to say the biggest loss was Dop because he's like eight feet tall. <laughs> uh, you're thinking of Bednard. Oh, am I, the, am I thinking the wrong goalie? Yeah. Because one of them was a giant or is a giant. Yeah, that was, that was uh, Ryan Bednard. All right. Well, they, they swapped. They, they, they played quite a bit opposite nights, didn't they, though, last year, last two years? Or is my memory that, I, think I think you're thinking a couple years ago. Is it a couple years ago they were swapping quite a bit? Uh, yeah, I think it was two or three years. Yeah, okay. Everything yeah. is blur. Everything blurs together. Bednard was gone last year. It, okay. Yeah. yeah, you guys started off getting spanked by Michigan, and then it's gone uphill from there quite heavily, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, and I was at that Michigan game, and it's like, BG didn't play bad. Oh, Michigan really? just has a hell of a team. Yeah. Michigan's nasty this year as Here's much this, as we hate to admit it on our side of things. They, they, like they have like so much skill. It's like their fourth line is probably as good as most teams' second line. Yeah. If I don't, not better. So it's I don't think you're wrong there. <laughs> but no, you guys have had you've had your two non conference series where you haven't lost a game in non conference yet. So mm-hmm. that's that's always a positive for the league, right? So that's good to see. And, and one of those NCAA was against team. Miami, and that's a rivalry yep. against Bergeron. So that's that gives them a little bit of uh, momentum, a little bit of extra fire there. And then, yeah, going into going up to Bemidji, win loss, and then a sweep at St. Thomas, like you said. So the expectation for you guys was middle of the pack, right? I'm, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure for yep. for most uh, most media and most of the coaches' polls, you were pretty evenly in the middle, right? Yeah. And I'm, I'm not sure I'm ready to say that's not wrong. I think it could definitely still shake out that way. But if you're looking at it from, it's kind of hard because you're so used to the WCHA way of things that middle of the road's not necessarily a great thing. But I think this year's in the CCHA, the league is much stronger than it's been. Or honestly, fourth place, like you're not great, but it's not a bad season. Yeah, well, if I you're looking to disagree with you. Ahead, yeah, I mean, if, you, if you look at the league, you, you take Mankato out at, at the top. I think everybody can agree that you know Mankato's the elite team in the league. Then you take out St. Thomas and Ferris at the bottom. You know, the the teams in the middle are all pretty interchangeable. It seems like I could see any order of those teams in the middle finishing in any order. I mean, I, I think I think they're all pretty even. I mean, I would have said I would have said St. Thomas and Ferris are going to be your guaranteed too, but then yeah, I don't know now. <laughs> you know yeah, Ferris can, stealing that win—that was something else. If they can knock off, if they can knock off Mankato, I would be uh, a little bit more worried around the rest of the league. I think at this point. And for uh, those that are Ferris. listening, I remember that I said something about some team winning that I do the podcast shirtless, and I'm listening to the old one to figure out if it was St. Thomas or Ferris. I forget which one. <laughs> so I mean, I am, I, I'm splitting my time right now between trying to talk now and trying to figure out if I'm supposed to be shirtless right now. 
Yeah, it's been it's been an interesting start to the year, right? We've we've had pretty decent non-conference across the board. You know, obviously, you guys are a a big part of that. Not having a single loss out of conference, uh, so it's 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 good to see the league kind of stepping up and not being a complete uh, pushover in non-conference like we, we've had happen the last few years, where you know, only a couple of teams seem to do well, and it hurts us really badly in the in the spring so hopefully it continues because you guys have with how close your non-conference you guys are able to sprinkle some in, in the middle of the year right you're not completely front-loaded i think if i remember yeah right. so they've got a series at ohio state and then we're playing the holiday tournament wisconsin think, oh you uh, got, is that actually in madison uh no i think they're playing it in milwaukee it is in milwaukee <laughs> it's the Pfizer. so yep, it's you're right. wisconsin uh providence uh, I don't know who the fourth team is. I'm terrible. It, it is Yale. Okay, Yale. Yeah, you guys play Providence in the first game, and then uh, obviously because it's a real tournament, unlike our holiday tournament this year, uh, you actually get to play who wins and loses, like a holiday tournament should be. So that's yeah, uh, you guys play Wisconsin or Yale, depending on who how that that second game uh, of that first night goes. Mm-hmm. It's a Tuesday Wednesday series, actually. That's kind of a weird couple of days, but. It's in the middle of the week. I may go down to those. It's not too far from me. And it's always interesting to see other people play in a different barn. So I may, I might drive down for them. It's not too far for me. So just to, yeah. going back to the conference records, I, I, who at this point would have guessed that the CCHA would be 5-0 and against Hockey East? <laughs> right. Hockey is <laughs> having a rough go of it, but I'm all about oh. it. <laughs> Well, what I said earlier in the season was like I could see the CCHA being a three bid league, yeah. Because, well, partly because like Hockey East, they're not doing so well to get too many at large bursts. So, no, right well, now their only winning record is against Atlantic Hockey. They don't have a winning record against anybody else, right? Including the ECAC, which I know if you talk to folks over there, they the, the folks in Hockey East tend to think of the ECAC as the little cousin over there, right? It's not quite as good as the other, even though, in mm-hmm. all honesty, my head is really hard in the sand when it comes to Eastern Hockey. I don't quite know which one of those is the better of the two. ECAC is all the Ivies, right? Yes. EC, yes. But the ECAC, I, mean, I haven't looked at the stats, so maybe I'm saying something dumb here, but I would say the ECAC – has been just as competitive as hockey East and the national tournament in the last 10 years. Yeah. I feel like that may be the case, but again, I'm incredibly ignorant when it comes to Eastern hockey. I mean, I mean yes, they, but they, also they, think of it this way. Cause when you're, when you've got the Ivies involved, like, yeah, you're kind of stringing Dartmouth along, but Princeton's been solid. Uh, you've got uh, Cornell would, has been solid. I would take Dartmouth in my yeah. league just for their Twitter account. I, I would agree. I love Dartmouth's Twitter, but, you know, Harvard's always going to be a, a national power as well. So ECAC isn't a conference you can immediately write off. Atlantic hmm. Hockey's more the one that they've got, a, they've got a couple bottom feeder. Yeah, they've got a couple national championships in the last, you know, 10 years right. or so, right? Yeah, and plus so that's where Clarkson lives. Mm-hmm. They're not bad. Well, I, think the, yeah. I think the ECAC is a pretty solid league. I mean, there may there, it might fall off a little bit at the bottom from year to year, but and you, know, you can't forget about Quinnipiac either. They've been just good for yeah, they've been very six, good. seven That's years very now. True. Mm-hmm. Yep, and they haven't they haven't won a title, but they're always there every year. They're yep. in the mix. Yep. Yeah, they've been they've they've been pretty decent for quite a while. It seems they kind of have that snake bitten thing going on once they get to the 
to the playoffs or they don't uh, they don't live up to the expectations, it seems, of what they have coming in. Well they got to the they got to the frozen four. They have a, fro- had a frozen four, right? Yeah, yeah I think, I think right. they had a frozen four. Yep. So I don't recall which one it was. No. Was that in Tampa? I'm not sure. But <laughs> they're over five hundred this year out of conference where hockey east isn't. Hockey East is under five hundred at this point. And like I said, no, and ECAC is ECAC's even with the MCHC, which is a pretty big feather in your cap for that league. Yeah, yeah, they're they're uh, they're both they're both doing pretty well. So it's you know after we had a you know last year's almost no non-conference to see them shake out a little bit of a different order this year is I think kind of interesting to be honest. You know, Atlantic hockey is there struggling like they typically do, but everything else seems to be closing the gap uh, quite a bit. So it's it's interesting to see for sure. I was just saying one thing I kind of want to pick uh, Drew's brain on this week, and this is a completely different topic, is that I don't know what Bowling Green did with their jerseys this year, but they are fantastic looking. Do you, <laughs> I mean, do, do you have any opinion on that? Do you know why they decided to go with a different look this year? Or like, what, what, what are your thoughts there? What did they do? I Before you go into it, I honestly don't even know. I haven't watched any Bowling um, Green games this year yet. I've, I've, only been able to, I've only been able to catch, like, uh, pictures of them, but they basically – they went to a more like a uh, classic style, like a more simplistic style with just the BG on it. They've got this, I hate to say anything related to Ohio is cool. Cause I'm a Michigan boy, but they've got this really cool, like Ohio shoulder patch with like a star where bowling green is. Mm-hmm. I've been a big fan of those. I really like the throwback with like the diagonal BGSU. I've just really, I've loved where the new design is this year. Uh, to be honest, when I first saw them, I hated them. <laughs> now that was seeing them just like on pictures on a website where they've yeah. got you know filters on them and stuff but mm-hmm. inside like in person yeah they're really cool i think it's one of those things where they tried to i think combine all the brands from all the different teams into one look so that's why they have the what we call the peekaboo falcon the bg with the falcon on it uh, they typically like yeah they typically haven't used that logo a lot as the main jersey but this year they did i did not know they were going to have that fourth throwback jersey um there was always kind of that rumor that if the cream color jersey was coming back so that was a surprise well everybody loves a cream color jersey everyone's yep. got to have a good throwback uh but yeah i mean after actually seeing them live and yeah i like them I, I think the like you said the state of ohio with the orange star over bg that was a nice touch yeah, my only complaint about that jersey is I wish that that was the shoulder patch on both shoulders because I wasn't a big fan of, like, the bird shield, and I thought it kind of, like, mm-hmm. distracted from the look. So I know, like, for, for our Michigan view, you know, listeners, I'm, I'm asking for more Ohio, which is like asking for more spit in your food <laughs> while you're at Applebee's. But <laughs> I, I really I really like that uh, shoulder patch. I wish that's what – that's my only complaint about them. I, I do get what you're saying, though, because, like, in a mock-up, I do not like how, like – the marketing team went about putting it out because one of my friends pointed out when I showed like one of the promotional pictures, like, man, I'm really into these jerseys. It's like that orange is like blinding. I'm not into it. So I, I definitely mm-hmm. get what you're coming from there. Yeah. And the thing is like, when you actually see the BG orange, it's not at all bright. It's actually yeah, pretty dark. Exactly. But when you see it on a computer screen, it's like, Oh, almost like looks like a traffic cone. Yeah. Yeah. It's construction orange on the screen <laughs> sure yeah it's more of a dirty like i don't want to say dirty orange or like a burnt orange look right i think is the best way to describe it, <sighs> it, a little it actually bg's colors used to be burnt orange 
And then they literally went out and they bought the rights to, and they called it BGSU Orange. I didn't realize you got a maze situation here. Yep, exactly what happened. <laughs> For Notre Dame gold kind of a thing. Uh, no, I do like the jersey. I like the, the just the flat classic throwback one with the BGSU coming across the slant, big block letters. Just looks like a hockey jersey should look, right? So. And I'm a yeah. sucker for any any state outline with a star. It deserves to be on your shoulder, no matter you know whether it's us with using just the UP or you know Minnesota. I've seen a couple of them that way. And the they, one they that I really love, like the Arizona State captains patches, where they put it in the yeah. state of Arizona. Those are neat. Yeah, those are really cool too. As much as I don't like that team anymore, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they they got good jerseys too. I, I will give you that. No, I do. I like the brown and the brown and the then the orange is a good color combination. Even though I think a lot of people think it's not that nice. No, it's, I'm, I'm a fan. You have to embrace what makes you unique. So, yeah. it's a unique color scheme. You know, steer into it. Yeah, it, I think it looks good. It, it's different, right? Yeah, and like you said, it's a unique color scheme. It can be tough to make orange and brown look good. And we've seen examples of that in the past from Bowling Green for sure, but I think they nailed it this time. Yeah, I would agree. So, well, we want to chat a little bit uh, about the CCHA in general, uh, how, how we think the season's shaping up. Get some perspective from Drew there. Is it, are, are you seeing what you think you, what you thought you would see from the new league? How about the, the new front office and that? What's, what's your thoughts there? Uh, impressed. I think that uh, Lucia and Dom have just done a great job for the league. Um, I'm not taking anything away from the past leagues, but just it's kind of a night and day difference the way the leagues are handled. I think the WCHA at times was anchored to the past and they weren't going to move on. I think the CCHA, they're constantly looking forward. So they get full marks for me so far. Yeah, I've been, um, I'm right there with you. I'm, I'm more than impressed. I love being able to quickly pop on and watch CCHA's Twitter account and see highlights quickly and easily. They're right there to watch the game. Highlight packages are there, and you know I understand there. Some of it's getting done by the school, some of it's getting done by Dom himself. But uh, either way, it's a unified messaging for the league of hey, here here's what we did tonight. Take a look at it; it's some good stuff. And I've been more than impressed with it. I'm I'm super happy with it. I agree to that. And and to me, top to bottom, I've seen a night and day difference. Like earlier in the season, we had Kevin Langseth, the head of officials on the podcast, talking about uh, the points of emphasis, things that he was going to be uh, working on during the season, his official selecting process and all that. So one notable thing that I've noticed this season is that I've yet to notice another, at least another tech fan, complain about officiating in any significant way. And in a lot of times they're not time. even talked about, which means they're doing a fantastic <laughs> job. Well, I was going to mention the same thing and I, and I would expand it to not just tech fans. I, I haven't seen any like major gaffes. Like I, I stay on Twitter on th- Friday and Thursday night, just to just, you know, see what the scores are and see what's going on in all the other games. Cause I don't have flow hockey. And last year it seemed like every week there was some, egregious miss call that's <laughs> it was blowing up on twitter well blowing up relatively as much as you know college hockey blows up on twitter um but it seemed like there we were always talking about bad calls last year i, I don't even think it's come up as a you know even a minor conversation through a month in the season so far yeah, in any game from any team uh, do you guys recall you know any big issue that was a problem so far this year not no, really 
and Zomatis is really sensitive to that kind of stuff, and it kind of irritates me how sensitive he is to it. And he's been silent on the matter, so that's kind of that's kind of cool. And I'm sorry for cutting you off, Rob. You can no, no, it's all right. I was gonna say something. I, I agree with I agree with Dustin. It's been it's been pretty good, and I've I generally watch one or two games every night on the weekends. I'll I'll, I'll watch whatever the tech game is, and then pop over to whoever's whoever's not in Eastern time, right, for the second game of the night, or I'll watch one earlier if we're if we're playing one of the later ones. So. And I, I've not seen anything that's been uh, that's been bad uh, this year at all, really. Uh, and considering so that was, you know, one of the two biggest complaints that we that pretty much everybody universally had last year, and yep. years before, that is a that's a huge credit to the new league and being able to make that change, whatever it is that they did, you know, it. it and it's still early on in the season, so yeah, disclaimer there. You know, sample size isn't super big, but it, it's a month worth of games, right? We didn't yeah. go a month last year without issues. Exactly. And I another thing to just kind of throw out there is I I've loved Mike Dupper reps. It's fantastic to you know be able to hear the the thought process that went into a call, why it's being called a certain way, and it's just if a Division Two football team can have it, it's high time for us to have it as well, and it's cool to see it. Yeah, but you can't show off your nerdy hockey knowledge and knowing every single hand symbol the ref does anymore. He's going over and tell you now. I mean, fair <laughs> enough, but um, it's it's, no, it's I one like thing it. to have the knowledge. It's better to grow the game yeah. than just have no, them tell you. You know, I'm a big fan of it too. Uh, the the only thing I would say it does it does feel slightly redundant for that reason if you're if you're someone that's been at a game a lot and knows what to look for and watch, right? If you if you know the hand signals the ref's doing, you can see him going to, you know what the call is going to be right away. But like you said, from a growth of the game perspective, having a, a fan that may not understand what's going on, having him stop, pause, and just that quick explanation of what the call actually is, it's a yeah. huge difference in game time experience. Well, I, I, I'm I a think, big fan. I, I think the, the mic'd up refs, it's not so much, you know, oh, just calling hooking, you're calling. Uh, That's what it gets used for the most of it, though. But it's the benefit of it is actually having some sort of explanation for why a goal was overturned yes. or yep. and and now they have that right instead of just sitting major yeah. you know, instead of just sitting there like okay well we have no idea why that goal was overturned and nobody ever says it end of the game still you have no idea now you know that's the big benefit yep yeah i would agree with you that's uh it's definitely nice to see that for sure so it's it, I've, I've been a big fan of that i've been a big fan of Except uh, just the just the general presence feels it feels modernized. I think is the best way to sum it up to me. Yep, I agree. I think it's an A plus so far for the new league. Yeah, I would agree. So, so yeah, Bowling now, Green. Oh, go ahead, Dustin. Now we just need to get them on ESPN Plus instead of yeah, Phil right. Hockey. <laughs> See, <laughs> I I want that really badly, and I think if the league keeps going the the way that it is and gaining all this legitimacy, it has a chance. But ESPN one of my buddies. Plus. One of my buddies did point out that it's going to be tough because the only reason that ECAC is on ESPN Plus is because they get that Ivy League clout. Mm-hmm. So we might be a little while out from that, but it well, would we be... got Bowling Green's Mac clout. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll get the we'll get the action on ESPN Plus, hopefully. But <laughs> it's it would be the Ocho. Get it right. <laughs> yeah, ESPN but... Plus too. But somebody's yeah, got to carry that division one status for the league, right? I would much rather. <laughs> oh, there's two of them now. Oh, Don't yeah. St. Thomas, 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 Thomas is complete, yeah. complete D1. I forgot that you, can, you mm-hmm. can't go D1 in one sport anymore. It's everybody or it's no one. 
right? <laughs> Hooray but, for grandfathering for the rest of us. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. But <laughs> I would really like to be on ESPN Plus because I'd rather pay $5 a month to a reputable service than 150 bucks a month to flow hockey, which I guess it's worked out fine this year, but it was really touch and go in the past. Yeah, Flo's not been too bad. The one thing I did actually, I, I tweeted at Cal uh, this week, asking him to take a look, and hopefully maybe there'll be something done with it. But when we're doing home games, our our ice is so washed out. It's yeah, it's so, very overexposed. So bright and overexposed. The white balance feels off or whatever the technical term for it is. So hopefully hopefully that gets maybe a little bit corrected going forward uh, for us because it does make it really hard to watch our games. And when I switched over to watch Northern after, after we got done uh, on Saturday night, it's it's night and day. I mean, it's yeah, that's one thing where Northern's, Northern's better at something, but they are better at yeah. their video production than we are. I would I would agree with you. But well, I think they have something going on with their sports journalism program, where they do some stuff with the SBN, so that might be part of it. But there's our in. That's our in. <laughs> we need Northern to step up for yeah, once. <laughs> So from around the league perspective, like we talked about earlier, Bowling Green swept St. Thomas. You know, you guys did the expected. You went up and took care of business. The really unexpected, I think, results were in the other two games, though, right? We we had Ferris actually winning at, it was at Mankato. No, it was at uh, it was at Ferris. At Ferris, right? So yeah, they they knocked off they knocked off uh, Mankato. Did anybody actually yeah. watch it? No, but big, a, big, a big props to them, right? So. I was we've been, watching my phone for the tech game. We've we've been pretty tough on Ferris, yeah, and I think rightfully so, right? I mean, Ferris has yes, Ferris has been had problems, but they showed up. I mean, to take down Mankato, that is, you know, quite simply yeah. one of the best teams in the country, and Ferris took them down. So, you know, congrats to that team. Absolutely, point blank. And I think a bigger testament of that is I've been even harder on St. Thomas this season because I think any reputable program should consider that an automatic win. And when Ferris lost to them, I knew that that program was going to have to take a very hard look in the mirror at themselves and who they are. And they managed to do it in a big way and taking a win away from Mankato. And if I'm Ferris State, I'm, I'm looking at a sweep as an absolute win for the program moving forward. Well, and the other big thing too is split, I, you mean I a split. That's sw- split. That's what I meant. Yeah, yeah. I didn't, I didn't, I <laughs> yeah it I was watch. not. It was not a sweep as bad as we were hoping. <laughs> I didn't watch the games, but um, the shots were even thirty-two thirty in shots. Usually, is indicative of a pretty balanced game, right? So, right. was it actually a you know a tight game, or, or was there something going on there that we're we're missing a bit of the story without watching it? But you know they 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 were even in shots. Uh, there was quite a bit of penalties called uh, like seven penalties for Mankato and, and six for Ferris. So a pretty heavy special teams game. And a couple of the goals were uh, only one of the goals was even strength. So uh, um, I have still, to ask that, that since you said there's a lot of, since you said there's a lot of penalties called any chance that our favorite Mankato player played I, uh, Mr. I, Penalty I, Minutes himself, I, I Tanner Edwards. Not, I do not see Tanner Edwards listed as having a penalty, uh, nor do I see him on the bench from what I'm seeing. So well, I, he's going to be in the portal soon then. I did not. Uh, I didn't see him on the OCD play on Saturday night. No, I don't see him either night. So, so you know, but you know, if he ends up in the portal because he doesn't get enough playing time, 
Joe is going to be all over that because he plays in the hard ice. Yeah. <laughs> I've got some breaking mid-podcast news. It was indeed if Ferris gets one win in this series, I said I would do the podcast shirtless. Right. So, so I, at this point, we, off, I, I don't it, do you, do you think it's time to take the shirt off now or should we oh. give the people an entire podcast next week? No, you take, oh. take it, you just take it off now. Oh, okay. Right now. We're, we're doing it. We're doing it now. This uh, is, this is, this is why you pay for Patreon everyone. <laughs> Yeah, you get to see Matt's pasty chest. I was not told there'd be stripping involved in this. We apologize, Drew. We should have warned you in That's, advance. It's all right. All right, we're back, and I'm making making good on what I said. Congratulations <laughs> to Harrison. Congratulations to the Bulldogs. That was sweet. Uh, and they went hey. up. They went up one to nothing again on Saturday night, and then Matt they did. Was they were making Mankato. it look interesting. And that's the thing that I even was saying last year is that there, there, and when what to, to Dawson's credit, there was a point last year where your record's your record and you are who you are. But I think they really proved that if they want to, they can steal a win from anybody they want if they're in the right frame of mind to do it. So even though yeah, Ferris is probably going to be one of the bottom feeder teams this year. You you can't take a night off and no you can't Mavericks prove you can't that take you can't yeah. take a night off against any team right well it, you, 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 with all you say about St Thomas you take a night off against St Thomas you're not going to win dude yeah. I'm going to do like a naked lap around my house we drop even a game to St Thomas <laughs> <laughs> I'll we'll keep that we'll keep that off no. off off the off the screen but I'm going like, to go ahead and say I'm not available that week <laughs> um, <laughs> if I'm going to be very upset about it. Uh, <laughs> No, Sell your neighbors. Ferris, Ferris, uh, <laughs> Ferris started that. I'm watching on my phone while I'm watching the other games, right? Just watching Twitter. 23 seconds in, Ferris took a, a hitting from behind misconduct five-minute major. So they, they started off like, we won. All right, we're done. This Tonight's going to be bad. <laughs> it was only 23 seconds into the game. They had a, they already had a five-minute major going against them. So the, Maybe uh, Tanner Edwards transferred there. <laughs> no, that was, a, that was a Zach Fairmouth. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm telling you, I'm calling it. Tanner Edwards, they, transfer portal, and you know Joe is going to try to get him. Yeah, He's going to be a Husky <laughs> next year. They, they bookended it with another five-minute major as well. So Ferris ended and started the game with, with five minutes. So, you know, good, good work there. But, uh, the, other, the other one that uh, was, a, was a fun series this weekend to watch, and again, a little vomit in the mouth, but Northern swept, uh, Northern swept BU at home. I am happy so, that BU lost two consecutive games to a CCHA team. That is exactly how I would summarize my statement for that <laughs> as well. You know what? I, you know we're Tech fans. We don't like Northern, but if Northern is going to take down a blue blood hockey East team and sweep them, I can give credit. I'm all for that. Yep. Yeah. Northern. Same here. That was. The, did you? Any of you guys actually watch the games or sh- switch over to them after the Tech games? <laughs> I did not. No, no. As I, did on, as, as I mentioned, I don't have flow hockey. No, but yeah, I, I, I did, did see the Saturday thing about night, and I was confused as shit because they kept saying people were doing things and they were not the people's names on the back of their jerseys. Yeah, because they Northern. actually, yeah, they actually wore jerseys with the 91 players' numbers and names on them uh, instead of their own names. So someone had a hat trick, and no one threw hats. Marquette, you suck. Not a single hat was thrown on the ice with a hat trick, which is absolute crap. Um, to, to interject there for a second, 
Yes, I agree with you. Throw your hat. Also, it's fine. Throw I, your hat. I agree. I agree with you, and I personally go to a hockey game under the assumption if I bring a hat and someone scores a hat trick, that's just the end of it. But you it is also get them back. Yeah, I know. It's <laughs> nice as a tech fan because you know if you throw that hat, they're yeah. just going to put them all in a bucket and let you take it back. Just go back down to the Zamboni doors. You get a hat that way. I've done it many times. <laughs> Somebody's but, old sweaty hat. Oh, getting my own hat back. If there's a hat oh, trick, you throw well, your I mean, hat. When when we still had Angus Redmond, my buddy Brad had a had a burger hat like signed by Beef, and that he threw on the ice that the players were trying to take. There was a couple people that were trying <laughs> to take it, so like I I get that, but you know, if yeah, there's they, a hat trick, throw your hat. Right. Yeah, they knocked them off in in two games, and they I don't think they were really that close either. They no, were both, I don't uh, think they were. They were they both good games. Pretty much dusted them both nights. Yeah, five three six two. So. BU had, uh, their uh, had one of their goals on the second night that was super close, got reviewed, and like it went over by like uh, or didn't go over by a pixel. Basically, it was super super tight uh, on the overhead, and even with the nice new fancy overhead cameras, which definitely have a a lot better resolution, you can see when they switch over to them now. They definitely seem like they're new ones this year. Um, yeah, they 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 look pretty on the on on flow. They they look really good. But uh, you still couldn't tell. It was that close. And then uh, I think it was, a, it was a Boston goal attempt. Northern's goalie got the glove over top of it before you could see anything white appear. So I didn't think it was a goal, but I think they actually let it in. They counted it, I think. Um, but uh, no, two good games for Northern, sweeping out a conference, especially That's after the need. fact that they've, you know, we need. they've lost five in a row into that. So, you know, and lost handily to Mankato the week before on Saturday. They got just crushed seven to nothing. So and even if it's a down year for BU, it's still BU, right? I mean yeah. oh yeah. They're yeah. they're top five college hockey programs ever, right? I'm pretty sure they're up there. If not, yeah. I would I would be unsurprised if they weren't top five win in wins or win uh, titles or whatever. They're they're definitely one of the they're one of the storied programs. Yeah, I think they got five. History. I think they got five titles now. Yeah, they're so. up there for sure. So, well, anything else CCHA wise you want to talk about before we jump to the next topic? Um, we're saving no. the tech series for its own thing, right? Yep. Yeah, we'll talk tech after. Well, cool. Then yeah, I'm good. Sharpen your pitchforks now. Uh-oh. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's jump to let's jump to fantasy. How do we do last week? Let's give give us a rundown. How do we? How, how did the how did the results go with the Homer series? Last week, um, the you know what it was an over overall fairly low scoring week, but the good news is the ghost got zero, so Woo! all of us gained on the ghost. Um, I led the week with with three points. Uh, Tim and Rob had two, and Matt had one. So in the overall standings, Tim is still in the lead, well out in the lead with 25. I've got 14. Rob and the Ghost are tied at 13, and Matt has two. Well, you're up to two, Matt. You know, you're you're slowly creeping up there. Hey, you know, it's, you know, you you read the book as a kid. What wins the race, right? Yeah, I want to know how the guy who hasn't been here for three weeks is leading by that many. 
he gets other people to pick for him, and it seems to work well. Know. Yeah, we, the guest we and, picks and, have been decent. And last except week for when, we picked except the, when Matt was missing. <laughs> dude, right. my the picks when I was missing were brutal. They just ruined me. <laughs> there, I had a, the, the picks when I wasn't here got me negative. I you had to dig Ethan, myself out of that. You hole. got Ethan Samoza from Bemidji. I got he's, Samoza. He's good. And that was the week that I was supposed to get somebody from Tech, right? Like AB or something. Brett Brotsman, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was somebody. supposed to get AB, and then he went off against Wisconsin. And then, yeah, you got, got in, in fairness to you guys, and I know we talk about this every week, he did try to steer him towards like Matt would probably be a homer about this one. Well, you, did, but, you, did get, you did get screwed by the guest pick that week. Yeah, that really ruined me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, just a quick overview, uh, just in case people haven't. Or listen like, to previous or like podcasts. Drew doesn't know what we're doing. Or, yeah, and Drew, Drew, you you haven't seen this before. Oh, I'm used so to being clueless. A... That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a weekly challenge that we do, and uh, so what I do is I pick out five players, uh, and all of them have some sort of common theme. I try to make it fairly even, so there's not like a rate one ringer or you know one real big clunker in the group, and the four of us pick the player in a predetermined order and we just rotate through the order. So everybody gets an even amount of times picking first. And then the fifth player that isn't picked by any of us goes to the, the ghost player. And the ghost is the basically the leftover player from every week. And our, our goal is to be able to beat the ghost at the end of the year. Okay. Right now, as you heard, the ghost is actually doing fairly good, kind of right in the pack, middle of the pack. This week, uh, what I have done is I have chosen uh, leading scorers from CCHA teams. So I threw out the two teams. Well, uh, Ferris and St. Thomas are either not playing or in in non-conference. So they're out for the week. And I threw out Mankato because Mankato is kind of an outlier as far as, you know, being able to throw up, you know, a 10 spot, you know, every once in a while and, uh, so basically it's those teams in the middle that we talked about that are all fairly even, all fairly close together, you know, that you know, we've already kind of talked about it this week. And to begin, Bemidji State is traveling to Lake Superior State this weekend. Bemidji's leading scorer is Alex Iarulo with four goals and three assists in eight games. Lake State's leading scorer is Louis Boudin, I think I'm pronouncing that right. I have no idea. I didn't take French. (laughs) Um, uh, He's got six goals and 11 assists in 12 games played. So the first two players on the list are Alex Iarulo and Louis Boudin. The second series is the home-and-home series between Tech and NMU. As I'm sure everyone here already knows, except for probably Drew, Tech's leading scorer is Brian Hallinan. He's got five goals and three assists in seven games. Northern's leading scorer is A.J. Vanderbeck, and he has eight goals and five assists on the season in nine games played. So our third and fourth players to choose are Brian Hallinan and A.J. Vanderbeck. The last series where we're only picking the Bowling Green player is Bowling Green at Mankato. So I'm pretty sure the stats are correct here, but Bowling Green's page wasn't updated. The stats page wasn't updated after the St. Thomas series. So I had to go to 
USCHO instead. So I think this is still correct, though. So I, I pulled the stats for Bowling Green from USCHO. Uh, Bowling Green's leading scorer this season is Austin Swankler. That's right. Five goals, five assists in eight games. So um, those are the five players. Uh, Budon, Hallinan, Iarulo, Vanderbeck, and Swankler. Uh, the order this week, uh, Tim is first, so Drew gets to pick first Ooh, for Tim. Okay. Um, then it's then it's Rob, Dustin, and Matt. So take it away, Drew. Did we say Vanderbeck was NMU? Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. I hate to do this to you guys. But I'm going to go with Vanderbeck. <laughs> if anyone was going to do, do it, that was I, – I understand. If, do you want me to explain why, or is it just, you know – we can no, do that no, after. No, you can, We'd love for you, you to explain why. All right. So I think the Bemidji Lake series is not going to be very, or excuse me, the, uh, yeah, Bemidji Lake, right? I mean, yeah. Yep, I don't yep. think that's going to be a high scoring series at all. Um, I mean, Bemidji doesn't get a lot, a lot of goals in. That, you know, that seems weird to me. Right? I feel I mean, like I this is that happened these last few years. This is not the week that Tom decides to open things up. Um, <laughs> and then I just think, you know, BG Mankato. It's a freshman going into a tough place to play against one of the better goalies in the country. Yeah. That just seems like the safer pick for me. No, your, your logic tracks and um, I'm, I'm number two, right? You are number two. I'm going full Homer. I will definitely take hell. Yeah, I want to be the <laughs> Homer. I kind of figured that. I kind of figured that. You would. There you go. I think if, 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 uh, if the Northern player was still available and Helen was taken, I still would go with the Northern player this week based on pretty much the exact same logic Drew's talking about. So you guys at the bottom have fun picking who you get to pick out of those, out of that group. Yeah. Um, oh, uh, I don't know if Northern, I'd be interested to see Coelho as the hot one over there, not Vanderbeck. He's had his hat trick. He was the guy that had the hat trick this weekend. No, yeah, they're, they're well, pretty close, but he's got Vanderbe- one more. Vanderbeck's put up, Vanderbeck's put up some pretty good numbers so far this year eight goals and five assists pretty early in the year. Yeah, Coelho's the exact same, except he's got one less assist, right? So mm-hmm. he, he's running his, running his tail. Northern, I went straight by the numbers this, this week. Yep. No, so. I know. Yeah, Northern's, uh, Northern seems to be scoring goals pretty well, which hopefully doesn't happen this weekend. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go by the numbers and just you know, I, Budan has six goals, eleven assists. He's got the most points overall on the, the the three left on the board. So I'm going Louis Budan. All right. Who's my Who's my coin flip again, Dustin? You get to choose between. Swankler, who has five goals, five assists, and Alex Iarulo, four goals, three assists. Um, but uh, Iarulo's four goals and three assists is in two less games. No, same amount of games. Never mind. I am going to take Iarulo, and even though I know that's going to be the low-scoring series, just like Drew kind of laid out, I have my uh, reservations about Swankler for the same reasons that he does. I think he's going to be a, he's going to be a problem in this league, but that's rolling the dice a little too hard on going into a very tough building to play against a very tough team. So that's why I'm going to stick Irulo. It's probably, it, that probably is playing the numbers, not, not betting against Dryden McKay is probably going to win you money more often than not. That's yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. Cause being at the bottom always kind of makes it tough. Uh, watch Bowling Green is going to, Tear him apart that would, one night or something that'd be, like that. that'd be pretty awesome. Swankler Just watch him be trick. demoralized after the Ferris series, and that's how it, what goes down. Yeah, that sucks for us because the, that's a lot of points for the ghost. Yeah, but 
That's for fun anyway, right? No one wins anything. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing on the line. It's for fun. All right. So that's it for this week for the Beat the Ghost Challenge. All right. Well, we're going to talk the tech series. If you want to hang out, Drew, you're welcome to. But if you want to drop, you know, you're welcome to do that too. So I'll leave it up to you. Yep. I'm probably going to head you out. Do hang- Go ahead. Okay. Well, I was going to say, if you do want to stay, there's plenty of pitchforks at the door. <laughs> uh, you know, I think that uh, given recent events, I should probably stay away from pitchforks for a bit. So, <laughs> uh, appreciate the invite, but I'm going to let you guys, the experts, uh, talk about tech. Yeah, Fantastic. Experts. Right. We well, appreciate for joining that, us. Uh, that moniker tossed on top of us. I mean, we got one guy without a shirt on. We can't be called experts. Uh, yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> this, was, this was quite literally a dudes in their basement podcast to, to the extreme at this point. <laughs> I'm in a very fancy office, if you uh, can't tell. There you go. You're with your camera com- conveniently pointed away from the liquor cabinet. But <laughs> uh, well, yeah, Thanks for joining you. us, Drew. We appreciate talking to you. And we'll, I'm sure we'll talk to you again sometime this year. Look forward to it. Thanks again, guys. Thanks for stopping by, everyone. Yep, bye. Should we talk about the uh, our favorite place of um, dentistry? Dentistry. Yeah, yeah. You can put your plug in. Yeah. Um, so I think everybody within you, the listening area, which is everywhere, have you taken since your this day is a of vacation, so you can go visit. Yep. No, I haven't, but we have discussed. You know, how are we going to make this work? Um, I haven't inquired on yet if, if it's in network. So we got to do that still, but you know, I, I think a road trip to Rhinelander for dental, well, not really work, but just cleaning. I don't know. It's going to suck. I'll have to go back. If I have a cavity or something. That's a long drive just to get a cavity. Fixed, stay overnight. I guess that's true. <laughs> See, There's probably some good bars to hang out at in Rhinelander. See, here's the thing. I've just, I've just started my, my new position, so I'm enrolling in benefits and all that. So I went straight up to my boss, and I begged them to include Fibke Dental in Rhinelander, Wisconsin, in my dental plan, so I can head up how, there. How, how'd that go over? <laughs> it's, it's going fantastic, because now every time I need dental work, I take a week's vacation, and I head to Rhinelander, hang out up there, get my teeth clean, go to a tech game, and go home. That's how you do it. Fibke Dental, <laughs> Rhinelander, Wisconsin. Visit FibkeDental.com. That is F-I-E-B-K-E Dental.com. No, we, we joke about it. And, um, you know, it's all in good fun, but we really do appreciate it. Yes, we, the, yes, thank Fib- you for that. Dental support. I did not realize FibkeDental.com was a legit yes. site, so you are, you are accurate. There, That's so. Fib- I, I had to do the, I had no, to do the real, I had to do the advertisement that gets added in anyway, so I had to, I had to do it again. Like, yeah. yes, we do, we do genuinely appreciate that, and I'm sure that yeah. he appreciates it's awesome. It's awesome. I'm, yeah. I'm sure that he appreciates us, like, giving him the stupid shout-out, like, later on the podcast, so, too. I'm... Don't put it past me. I, I might just drive there and get my teeth. I mean, sometime. I think it'd be hilarious if we have like if we, what if what if we went up there and had a podcast live from Fibke Dental after getting a cleaning? That'd be that'd be great. <laughs> we should definitely do it. Uh, that'd be hilarious. We should we should get in contact and in, in contact with him about trying that. righty. Well, let's let's bring her let's bring her back from to hockey from teeth. All right. <laughs> All right, so this weekend, Lake State. Thoughts thoughts on the weekend? 
we're gonna start with the shirtless guy. I, yeah, I, I honestly want to start this guy, because the shirtless guy. Yeah, I, that's that's interesting that I get to take that title from Tim while he's sick. Floor, floor is yours, man. But yeah, this is this is interesting because this is gonna be a time where I'm not going to be the rah rah go tech homer kind of a guy that we were. I was thoroughly disappointed in the way Friday went because to me it was another one of those things where tag proved me right in that they're the better team. They went out there and proved it. They took it to him. They outshot him like nobody's business. 44 to 21. It, and couldn't get any of them to go in. Like, if, if if one or two more of those shots go in, and if we can keep that lead and prevent Lake State from coming down and tying it at the end of that game, then I'm not sitting here and talking this way. But that was really frustrating for me to see because it was just like watching like any game last season where I had to go to bat for them. And – it felt like this was the season where they're finally going to turn around the corner, and I knew that Lake State was going to be a problem, and I knew I called the sweep, so I shouldn't be that upset about it because Lake State's going to be a good team, and they're going to be a contender all season. But I was upset with that. I'm happy we're able to dial it back in on Friday, get the shutout, make sure they were never really in it. I think that was a testament to the team being able to come back and being able to prove me wrong. But to me, that's a sweep we should have had. And – it, it, it hurt me that it wasn't because that first game, I don't, there's not a point in that game where he couldn't tell me that Tech wasn't the better team and didn't deserve to win. And they just could not get that puck in the net somehow. And it's just, well, when you look at the shot totals, you look at the shot totals, first period, 14 to 15 in shots. Yeah. Second period, six to 18 in shots. And, and, and that's in a game with almost no special teams, right? There's only three penalties the whole game. Yeah. So, those type of shot totals out special teams assistance to get them there. And, and in the first period, we, we killed the penalty for two minutes and still had 15 shots there for with those stats. They Tech should have absolutely bullied Lake state. They didn't have a shot on goal until I want to say like two minutes to go in the period. It was something ridiculously long in the first period where the Lake state did not have a single shot yeah. on goal. Tech needs to have that. There, there needs to be scoring when we dominate like that. Yeah. That's been a problem for the last couple of years. Exactly, and it can and be. That, and that's that's, that's the, the next step we need to take yes. as a program. And, if you ask but me. that's the most concerning thing about mm-hmm. that game Friday night is yeah, for sure. We had we had seen signals that they had turned the corner, right? Well, the Wisconsin, the Wisconsin series. series, yeah, exactly. Right. And since then, it seems like. There are we've had games and Friday night is a prime example of a game where you dominate play, but you just can't score. And that was we harped. We harped on it all of last year. And if they're going if that's going to be the trend again this year, that's a problem because you cannot go and play 60 minutes of dominant hockey against a team like Lake State and walk away with a loss. You oh, just can't do it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that, uh, that's what differentiates the teams like Mankato that find a way to ugly win those type of games. It, we just, I don't know what it is, but there's just something missing from a scoring perspective for yeah. us. And it's been, it's been missing for a few years. And, you know, yeah, it, they make that change. They start putting the puck in the net. 15, 18 shots in a period and you don't score a goal. That just that just hurts to watch from a frustration standpoint. It doesn't hurt to watch from a, 
you know, old school tech hockey where we're getting, you know, our butts kicked. But yeah, like it's nice. It's watch, nice to shift the paradigm to, oh man, now we're exactly. losing by one goal and that sucks. Yeah. But at the exactly. same time, we're at a point where we need to start making a statement. And what I want to yep. kind of plug here is that I've got a lot of friends that watch hockey like it's a baseball game. Like you can follow the numbers and you should be able to get to right where the teams are and everything should make sense. And that's just not quite how hockey works. There's just random bullshit that happens and I'm sorry that we got to put the the tag on the podcast now because I said that but like there's just stuff that happens where sometimes the better team flat out loses sometimes the better team is the one that's out shooting creating more chances they're doing everything right they're better coached they're figuring out the systems and they just can't find a way to put the puck in the net there's nights where that just happens and the better team just flat out loses and it sucks but we've got to find a way to make it stop happening there i you need to eliminate it you're never yeah you're never going to eliminate it right you're never going to make hockey not be inherently what it is but you could argue that the you know the game against clarkson was the same kind of story the shot shot differential wasn't as big but but tech carried the play in that loss against clarkson Mm -hmm. and it you know if it if that type of thing happens two, three times a year, you can live with it, right? It, it, it's, it, you know, that's not that big. You chalk deal. it up it to the randomness of hockey, yeah. Exactly. It it cannot become a trend where it's happening every week. Mm. It's happened two weeks in a row, and it can't become a trend. You, you, you know, the, the, I think it's really important for the momentum of this season for them to turn that trend around as soon yes. as possible. And what impressed me – It cannot be a habit. Yeah. What impressed me about the Wisconsin series was the willingness to get goals however they can. So we were able to well, see the highlight reel. Pretty goals and ugly goals. Yep. Exactly. So in that Wisconsin series, we were seeing the highlight reel, toe drag, top shelf goals. And we were also seeing the dirty, you know, three sticks mm-hmm. whacking at the goalie and it eventually it goes in kind of goals. And it feels like in the last couple series, well, up until uh, Saturday night against Lake State, uh, that's kind of gone away where they kind of started to keep going for the pretty goals. And I, I, I finally, when I finally knew that Tech had that game won, was when we had that goal where I thought the puck, where everyone thought the puck was covered, but the ref had eyes on it. It was loose. And then we were able to get it loose, tuck it in the net. When I saw we were willing to get that ugly goal again, I said, we're, we're going to win this game again because now these guys are not going to try to just go for the fancy ones. They know that however a puck ends in the net, it's just across the line. And that's another point on the board for us. So. I think that's a mentality we need to get back into. If the if the prettiest goal is there, by all means, take it. We all love looking at it. But you know what my favorite kind of tech goal is? One that goes across the damn line. So <laughs> however, <laughs> however they go in, I'm happy with it, you know? Yep, yep. Yeah, and you, yep. and you know what? You know, you need to have those players that have that mindset to go in and get dirty goals. And that's why it's going to be – you know, next year when we have Tanner Edwards on the team, right? You see how okay. you see a throwback there? Yeah, 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 yeah. You're throwing it back early on the podcast. But one positive from this weekend that I really do want to talk about is that I thought Grant Doctor looked like a natural in that game, which I was surprised about because Grant Doctor, looking at his uh, junior's history, was kind of concerning to me. I know he ended up finding his footing with the wilderness, but – during his time in the USHL, I'm a big Mesquite and Lumberjacks fan, and he didn't do too much while he was there. Mm. And that's a you know 
arguably a better league than the Nall. So, and that, that's the way that he was able to slot into that lineup the way Joe was talking about. Cause when I heard him talk about that, I was like, are you sure? Cause I wasn't sure that doctor was quite, quite ready to make that leap, but it seems like at least in that first game that he was ready to take that, that role. And I was excited to see that. That's good. That's good. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I didn't see it because I didn't watch a game. No. Um, obviously I've talked, I've said it about four times tonight, um, <laughs> but we've been watching doctor for years. Yep. Yeah. He's been a yeah. Minnesota prep. He kid, was. So. Yeah. We, the only reason I know about him is because I'm, you know, I'm a Jax fan. So, <laughs> I mean, we're, I mean, were you guys there? You guys didn't go to the game when he was in Bemidji. Uh, hockey day, I believe you? I stayed in the hotel room because it was negative. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I was and we negative, negative, at negative 20, blah, blah, blah. negative 29. Yeah, I think Dustin's profile picture for everything where he's just ice from here down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He played, he played in the early morning game on, he played um, in the, the early on, game on Saturday, on Saturday. right? Yeah. yeah I, I yeah. stayed in the hotel room for those. I did not go outside for the high school games. Yeah. But you know what? We freezing my butt off on Friday night. <laughs> yeah. We, we watched him play. Um, I watched him. Yeah, he's in the state tournament later on. I I think he made the state tournament, but he even at the, you know at that level, which you know there's a that's a pretty big leap in, in in level. You know, as good as you know high Minnesota high school is, he was obviously you know, super talented as a puck handler. He he was you know you, you could tell that he was a, a good player. He stood out on a, on a, on the ice on a team of really good players. So it was very disappointing for a few years there to see that he did kind of flop in the USHL. He he didn't make it in the USHL. Yeah. Um, and so I, it, it was it was kind of a really big question mark what he was going to be when he came to Tech. Is he just going to be that seventh defenseman kind of guy? His you know when he got here. But to hear that he is slotting into the lineup and, and, you know, holding his own or maybe even more than yeah, holding his I, own is, is, is a great to hear for the future of his career and for the future of the team, because the kid's got some talent. Yeah. If, if he can harness it, that that's huge. Absolutely. And one game is, is not a season make for sure, but the way that he looked in that one game was awesome. He looked like he was making some really smart decisions with the puck he looked like he was just a natural fit with the team. It didn't look awkward to have him out there as a freshman. Like it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's tough that, you know, any defenseman these days when they're doing well, gets compared to Lidstrom, but there were some decisions he'd make where I almost kind of saw that quality in him. And I'd love to see that continue. And I hope that's not a one game fluke. I really like seeing him in the lineup. Yeah. Hopefully we see him again. You know, it, 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 if you know, he had a good game, so. Yeah. I don't see any reason why we won't see him again. Mm-hmm. Probably probably this weekend. No. And I think the to kind of pivot toward this weekend now, right? We're talking Northern, right? They're coming off their big sweep of BU, home and home, like always. You know, we always we always do that with them. I think one of the interesting little stats tidbits, even though it's early season, is Northern's Northern's power play is ranked fourth in the country at thirty one percent. And our power play or penalty kill is the only penalty kill in the country at this point to still set it hundred percent. We haven't given up a power play goal at all year yet. That's huge. Which is fantastic. Yeah. And you can really see it watching the PK. This God year. almighty. They, they, I hope this isn't the weekend because that'd just be too much. <laughs> that'd be too much ammo in the Northern arsenal against us. I don't yeah. like that. 
Yeah, I mean, they're they're, they're Northern's fourth in the country on, on with thirty one percent for for goals on the power play. Only only uh, Harvard, St. Cloud, and Arizona are ahead of them, and Harvard's seventy percent over their five games, which is absurd, even over five games. But uh, St. Cloud is at forty three percent over ten. That's and that one's not a fluke. St. No, St. Cloud is just they're a machine this year. Yeah, they're going to be. Yeah. A, yeah. They're yep. going to be a problem on the national stage again. Well, I, because you you know that their their whole thing was they they had they took all their grad transfer not grad transfers but all their graduating seniors and and convinced them to come back. Yeah, well, they didn't lose what, anybody from from well, last year. So that, I mean, they're basically all in. How hard is that to do when you've watched what Duluth has done the last few years, right? Where Duluth right. convinces seniors to stay or guys to stay an extra year, and, and they go on national title runs for I don't know what three years in a row, right? But, <laughs> so, but you know, St. Cloud's essentially mortgaging the future, right? Because yeah, of course they're they're screwing up their future you know, recruiting and how their classes are going to line up. This is the year they're going for it all this year, and, and if they don't, they're going to look like clowns. So you're right, but but but. If it, if you had if you had a chance to go all in for a chance to win it all, if you had a legit chance to win it all, when you want your team to go all in and, and do everything yeah, they can that, to do it, that's what Duluth has done and <laughs> so, why they've been successful the last. That's years. what you want as a they, fan, right? You want yeah, your they, team to go all in. Yeah, they keep they keep those guys around that uh, could leave, could go early, and you know the team culture is to the point where they're committed to say, hey, we're sticking around. So, so mm-hmm. they do that. And that's the same thing. Except it's happened at St. Cloud. It's happened at Duluth the last few years. You know, that's what you need to see happen, especially with the way the transfer portal works these days. Mm-hmm. You know, if you get that culture going that even the guys that don't feel like they're, that they're getting enough time, but they're, you know, they don't feel wronged by it and want to come back for the team. That's when you're successful. So hopefully that, that can build here for us, but yeah, home and home and home with Northern, um, you know, so they're coming a, off their big sweep. What do you guys think is going to happen? It's a scary. Week? It's a scary series from a standpoint of Northern score. It, yeah. They are not short on offense. I mean, nope. They um, they they are they're pretty good, and I think their record is a little de- deceptive because you know, oh, they take it, a, they went on a bad run. Take on two. Take you know you got two games against Mankato in there, and you know anybody in the country could go in and lose two games to Mankato you know, reasonably, right. They they put up a lot of goals on St. Thomas, and they put up a lot of goals on BU. Yeah, so they're so, they're kind of a tough team to read right now. But yep. if we're if we're gonna segue straight into predictions, I'm I'm gonna call the sweep right now because the thing for me is that Northern's a scarier team this year than they have been in previous years, and I'm not going to discount that. But this series is built different. This is one of the premier rivalries in college hockey, and I will argue that until the day that I die. And players. Players go into that series feeling different. And I think when you stack our roster against Northern's roster, there's just when as soon as those players get on the ice for the first time with fans and feel what that's like and how different that series is, I I don't see a way that that tech can drop it. Yeah, it's one I'm grumpy to not be home for. 
Yes, uh, exactly. I, I I enjoy going to both of the, the games at home yeah. and the games at Northern. I'm going to be at a concert uh, on Saturday in the mosh pit, holding up my flow hockey, watching the game. It's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing is from a scheduling perspective, this is the first year in a long time that we're not finishing the season off home and home with Northern. Yeah, which is unfortunate because that last series usually fell around mm-hmm. my birthday. Yeah, so I was yeah, really hoping to be, be like, hey, boss, man, can I have my birthday <laughs> off and just, you know, jet yeah, on we, up and catch finish, that, you know? We, we play them this series, obviously, right? And then we play them in, in January instead of the typical end-of-year thing, which there there's my one massive criticism of the CCHA. What the hell are they doing scheduling us that way? I, I hope that changes next <laughs> year because I think the season should always end with the Northern Series. Well, we do – we end with Minnesota State, so it's another big series. But – yeah, agreed. It should be northern. You hope it's a big series. I'd hope that if the, so, yeah. If the end of if the last weekend of the year against Minnesota State is a big series, that is that would be awesome. Yeah, I'd love playing that, for especially in the last weekend of the year. I don't know if you guys have gotten a chance to watch any of the games of flow hockey, and I don't know if this is just like I don't know if this is just a, 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 a like social case of like the kids on campus saw one section of kids standing and then just thought it was normal for everybody to. But if you've watched games on flow hockey, there is not a, there's like very few from students. A tech perspective? Yeah. Yeah. Like from no, section L to the band, very few students sitting. And it's incredible to see. So I yep. this, yeah, I, I hope that's an atmosphere that just like feeds into the guys. Yeah, oh, for sure. And we start off at home, and then we're down at Northern for the second yeah, game. Yeah, like, so. I told my friends if I was playing for Tech and with the, like, the just unreal passion that the students in the community bring to the game, if I was walking into that and everyone was standing, I would be puking before every game how nervous I was <laughs> to make sure I was performing my best for that team. Yeah, it's a, it's a, always a big series. to make. It's a big deal anytime you play them, whether it's, it's in – whether it's in uh, hockey or any of the other sports from the university, it, there's a special, a special rivalry there that uh, makes it fun. It's built different. It's sure. it's 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 just really cool to see one of the greatest rivalries in college hockey exist right in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. That's yep. that's special. It's a special yeah, place, and it's a special thing, you know. Yeah, they're and they're. I said they're. They're Jekyll and hiding it this year, so who knows what we'll get this weekend <laughs> from from a northern perspective. So you Tech got your kind split. of is too. Tech kind yeah. of is too. Yeah, well, that's that's not not untrue. It, well, we just need to score goals. You look you look at northern. You know, you look at the games that we've we've done right, and our goal totals are are low. You look at northerns, they're high. So you know, it's kind of what my prediction was last week. If we score, we sweep. If we don't score, we we're not going to have a good time. Well, expert hockey be... analysis from Rob Gilry: <laughs> you score goals and you win. <laughs> well, you no, I, I completely goals. understand what you're saying. If we can but, keep Northern thanks. off the board and we stick to the defensive game, like it's yeah. it's a guarantee. And if we can pot the few goals that we get, whether they're the pretty ones or the dirty ones, and we keep them off the board, it's a given but like that's it's just kind of funny if we score yep. more goals we <laughs> well, i mean if we score in general i mean yeah. we've had so many one goal games these last few years and they've just been so frustrating to watch yeah you know to, to 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 not score when you're shooting that much so you know hopefully hopefully we can get a little get a little better there this weekend i don't know dustin what's your what's your prediction on the weekend we got we've got matt's 
I'm going to say split. I'm not convinced. You know, it's, I'm kind of at the point right now where it, you know, I want, I want to see it again. I want, I want them to prove it. You know, go put up another Wisconsin series. We know that they have the ability to do it. They, you know, there's no reason why they can't do that. So I want to see it again because I feel like, I feel like the last two weeks have been a pretty big letdown, and and I just, I, I don't think the team is playing to their capabilities. I agree. I'm I'm right there with you. I think this team is is definitely capable of scoring. And they showed it with that first series. There was so mm-hmm. much excitement and promise after the first series putting up two five spots. Yeah. And yeah, there, there's no reason why that type of scoring can't be happening uh, more often. And to miss out on that and to see the low scoring events, the low scoring games we've had since then has been really frustrating. Yeah after watching them in person just dominate and score pretty, pretty fantastic, you know, highlight-style real goals against Wisconsin, who has gone on to not be be the best over there in the Big Ten. Not awful. They stole a win from Michigan. They got a win from Wisconsin. Like, they're they're holding their own over there. Right. The only team Minnesota and and Michigan were – Two of the favorites in the Big Ten, yeah, um, and they they were able to seal wins from them. And the only yeah. the only teams they've been swept by yeah. are us and St. Cloud. I'm, so that's not bad company to be at. Exactly, I'm right there with you, kind of in, in regards to Tech because I think that there is a way to go into there and Lake State is going to be a good team this year, regardless of what I thought was going to happen. The way that they're starting to play this season, I'm just starting to see it come together. They're going to be a good team. They're going to be a problem come tournament time, but. I think this weekend should have been an opportunity to for us to say like, yeah, this should have been a Lake State's a good Lake State's a good team, but they are not better than us in any way, shape, or form. And I think that in play wise, the way we put up points, the way we were running our systems against them, I think that it should have been easy to prove that. And it was unfortunate we didn't. Yep, I agree with you completely. I think this weekend's a split as well. I don't. Uh, uh, I'm going to go with the safe prediction, you know, Dustin style as well. I, I think we, we, we get a, we get a low scoring, disappointing game and then a, an offensive game where we, we break out of our shell a little bit. And hopefully that carries on going forward is, is what I'm going to go with from a prediction standpoint. We, we lose at home and we win at, at the Barry. That tends to be, be how it first, goes actually, which, well, I, I don't know if you look, look at what which, the, uh, what the record which, is the last few I know, years. which frustrates the ever living piss out of me because like, I want the guys to get in there and see that energy at the Mac and take it into the to the net. Because yeah, our like, record has to be better at the Barry in the last. I know our record we haven't uh, lost yeah, there. Our, yeah. our record against the last time Northern, we won against Nor- the last time we lost against Northern was at the Mac. And the last time we lost against Northern was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. We haven't lost them in eight games. We're in eight, on an eight-game winning streak against Northern right now. I just I struggle. That makes me nervous because I struggle to call that to continue, which is why I'm going splits this weekend. I'm confident in it continuing because I still, while Northern has gotten out to their like their hard to read start, so is Tech. And then at that point, when I'm looking at two similar starts to the season, I start to look up look up and down the roster, and I don't feel like Northern has the same guns that Tech does, especially. What do you add in the fuel of the rivalry where like I've never seen these guys. I've like the freshmen get on there and they say, I've never been here, but I hate you guys and I hate it here. And we're going to take it to you, you know? 
Yeah, I, I just right. don't. I don't see that eight eight win streak sticking around. I wish that uh, it's got to end at some college point. College hockey we, news gave you a yeah. an all time record. They give you head to head results, but you have to like um, count them to actually get what the all time. I is. do believe that Northern holds the all time record because of how long Tech's rough patch was. But no, we didn't play them a lot during the rough patch, though. I that that was. I still the do split, think they so hold the all time record. A lot of times it was just two games a year. Yeah, a lot of times it was due, or it wasn't. Well, yeah, because there, there was a lot of years they didn't play. Because well, yeah, because there was also years where Northern was CCHA and Tech was Dub Chop. But remember, like, Northern was Northern wasn't didn't have a team when Tech was dominant either. Yes, there's also that. Yeah, the first the first Northern Tech game was in 1980, so they were kind right. of on the tail okay, end that's, of the dominant time. That's wild for me to think about because you know, from well, bear, Northern, bear in, Northern's program's not been around that. Long. I know. Bear in mind, I'm young, so like, I it's it's weird for me to think about like Northern's program only being around since 1980. But yeah, that's that's just yep. wild to me, especially yeah, because like that's... it's also wild for me as somebody who's like who is you know more freshly on campus than everyone else there that the Barry isn't really all that old, but it feels that way when you get in there, and it feels like it needs an that's update. It's a piece of shit. It's terrible. Like it just yeah, it I just like doesn't Barry at all. It's I just feel like rank. it was so poorly built, especially for the era in which it was built. Yeah, I I don't care for the berry at all. I, it, it just the only it, thing it, that I'll it give and it, taffy yeah. it and taffy feel real similar to me. They have that same upper bowl concrete box block boxes that just don't look good. That's fair, but taffy also has the the excuse of being old. Right, it has the excuse no, of being I'm old and not they, having those design principles out all. there. Yeah, and like yeah. I enjoy yep. seeing a game at Taffy because it just kind of feels like old time hockey. And also I have mentioned before, I'm a huge fan of their goal horn. That's fantastic. Oh, that thing is ridiculous. And it's awesome. When it shakes Lake the State building. Has some, <laughs> Lake State has some of the best traditions out there. They're, they're ringing the bell after. Oh yeah. Fantastic. When everyone, when they, cool. when, when the whole, like, yeah. whole crowd's outside and all the players are coming out mm-hmm. in their uniforms and ringing the bell after they win. That's sick. I love that. But yep. Agreed. And that's the thing, no, Lake, is, you know, They've got the Barry was only open in 1999. Yeah, and like that's I was alive for the opening of that, which yep. is I mean, it was 23 years ago at this point. I mean, yeah, yeah I'm 25, <laughs> almost uh, almost 26, but yeah, a little, a little more of a deep dive here for you guys. Well, you've been talking about stuff. Would I want to get your opinion on this. We're we doing some stats lookings. So um, and I'm counting, I'm going by pairwise here, so. Notre Dame, Lake State losses are overtime losses. Yep. Right. They, for pairwise reasons, they're a 45% win. 45% win. Yep. Yeah, they're okay-ish. With Logan Pietela in the lineup, Tech is 3-0-1. Without him, 1-1-1. Is there anything I, to make of that? I think Logan Pietela and Crespi should be in the lineups most nights. I agree those two guys give the offensive flair that lets us score goals and be more creative on the offensive side of the ice. Yeah, and like and it's I think not always that's what was missing. Yeah, and I agree with you. It's not always the two of them that are that are scoring the goals, but they nope, kind of the they guys, kind of spark the, the creative process. Yeah, yes. yep. spark spark plugs. Yeah, yep. yeah. No, Crespi and Pietela have both kind of played that role this year from yeah. my incredibly uneducated so, hockey eye. I mean, I was, I've, I've watched the game for a long, but I don't really yeah. know what the hell's going on in a lot of it, right? I was <laughs> unable to tune into Joe's show this week, and Rob, I believe you were. Was there any... I watched about half. I didn't... Okay. I was, it was yeah. It was post-work but nap, so I didn't... Even uh, still, did was, you kind of absorb why 
Logan might be out because at this point, like even though I, I said last year it might know. be a coaching philosophy thing, but I almost have to feel like it's got to be illness or injury. You know, he was was he back in this weekend at all? Nope. Saturday night only. Oh, I didn't yeah, know he, he was Saturday back in. night. Yeah, he he played him and uh, him and Crespi both played Saturday night. Crespi didn't yep. play Saturday night either. Uh, those two guys. He, <sighs> I don't know. I guess I'm not a hockey coach, right? But take one line and load it up with guys that are an offensive threat. Make those guys put Crespi and Logan out there when when you want that spark up in the front. When you want guys that are more offensive minded. Uh, right? Logan, I, Crespi, and Bronte. Think about that as a line, real quick. Oof. The line that was out there last week. It was the fourth line last week or on on Saturday night. Was uh, Korsha, I don't know exactly how to say his name yet. Korsha is, or Korsia is how they've been saying on the broadcast. But is it okay? I, I don't either know. Either or, I, I, I feel like it's, it's you, you, you him, mix in a Pietola Q and it's and, tough. I get it, but <laughs> Pietola and right, Pietola and Crespi were his lines mates, and that that those guys to me, they feel like they are the guys that Crespi's just quick, and he's not afraid to do stuff in the offensive zone that you don't expect. Right, so getting him out there, I think, makes a huge difference, uh, in, in just terms of, in terms of speed out there. Now, Bronte is one of, the, one of the guys that sat. I think he was out on Friday night. And he, he was yeah, Saturday too. He sat on Saturday. No, he didn't play Saturday. Yeah, he he didn't play either games this last. No, he week. played Friday. Play Friday. He did play Friday. Yeah, he was on the line with okay. Mosley and Peratino. That's interesting because man, I've so, I've loved watching Bronte. Just he's quick. He's, he's quick. He's quick. His yeah. his decision making with the puck, his shot. It's just it's fun to watch and to imagine that kid came from Australia. That's insanity. Yep, I love that. It's cool that's that Texas going international to get these kids. You know. I, I want to see. They, I want to see went, that one. They went to Alabama. Line. I know, but I understand <laughs> they went to Alabama. But like, if you if if you've got a chance to like listen to the tech interview with Bronte, it's really cool because like, guys, yeah, his dedication to hockey is unreal. Going to Canada when he was yep. so young, having his dad move with him, yep. he only gets to see his like family in Australia like twice a year because his dedication to the game is that high. Like I'm, it's oh, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, like it's uh, it's t- it's got to be tough on the guy, but the fact that his dedication is that high is really cool you know no i'm right there with you dustin i think you're onto something there and maybe maybe the coaching staff notices too and and, uh and gets a little bit more offensive minded on a couple of lines i'd i'd be really curious to see and i think you can look at more of the advanced stats on college hockey news maybe it's worth taking a peek at just to kind of see what uh type of shot attempts that line generates you know compared to uh some of the others uh out there because they do have a pretty decent stat set out there you can look at. You know, do those guys bring uh, bring that much more different? It feels like it to me. Nardello is another one that's also been uh, impressive in the offensive zone. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, obviously you've got you've got Bliss and Brotsman, that Fritz Brotsman and Helen, and those guys are always going to be out there uh, and be and be busy right but yeah and, and guys like cataroth and, and ashbrook i think you're gonna really you, mm-hmm. you can rely on them most of the time yeah you know the biggest thing i noticed when we when we've when we've done well is the four check is relentless and it's pressure and boxing them into their own defensive zone and not mm-hmm. letting them even get up it's not the bemidji state style of clog up the neutral zone and wait for you to come on you know come into the neutral zone and don't let any passes come through 
Uh, right. It's more of that that heavy, heavy forecheck. It reminds me, and, uh, and this may not resonate well with you at all, but it reminds me of uh, what Jurgen Klopp's teams tend to do in, in soccer called gegenpressing, which is just you know really, really hard pressing of the ball anytime the opponent gets it. And it, it drives turnovers, essentially, right? It's kind of a, a big philosophy of how Klopp's teams tend to play when he was at Dortmund and now at Liverpool, they do the same thing. That, that gegenpressing style of, of, of defense in soccer where you're, you're pushing hard in the offensive zone to basically not let them have opportunities on the other end. So it, it works out well for us. When we can actually be the team dominating where the play is happening, it feels like to me that we're, we do better. And obviously that depends on the team you're playing too, but um, it's one of those things that I've definitely noticed that for sure. So, and I am obviously, like I have said, not a hockey coach or player in the least. So (laughs) if I'm noticing that, you know, I'm sure others are. One minute remaining in the podcast. All righty. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode of the Chasing McNaughton podcast. Please check out our Patreon page and you know take a chance to join by visiting us at patreon.com slash Guide. Patrons at our black level or above will receive an authentic MTU jersey patch and access to their extra podcast content, including the extended versions of every podcast. You get to see Matt without his shirt off this week. Yeah, Patrons I at the white level or above <laughs> will, will get access to our semi-monthly Zoom chats that have featured guests like John Scott, Joe Sean, Brad Patterson, and other tech alumni to come. Uh, please follow us on Twitter at ChasingMacPod or at Tech Hockey Guide. You can submit questions through our email address, which is ChasingMac at TechHockeyGuide.com. You can send a voice message directly to us at Anchor FM slash ChasingMacPod. Nobody is done. We still haven't had somebody do that yet. Yeah, so do it. Dustin, Dustin will read it. I know that's not like in the regular thing. No, but... no. You, we will play your actual oh, even 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 better. Even better. Yep. So don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you can't find the podcast on your side of choice, please let us know. We'll make it happen. The more you rate, review, and share, the more people can reach. So please tell your friends. We are definitely trying something new this year. Dustin's had 200 read-offs so far, but if anybody gives us a five-star rating, Dustin will read those reviews no matter what you say. So let's get some more ratings and see what uh, what we can make Dustin read. And finally, thanks again to our sponsor, Fibke Dental in Rhinelander, Wisconsin. And as always, special, special thanks to Mitch Lake for recording our new introductions. Our patron sank Doc McResin for his generous donation to get the podcast off the ground. We hope you enjoy. For real, Thanks, everyone. Thanks for the thank you notes for the bumpers in this week's episode. And if you like what you hear, please check out them, check them out at the thank you For real, though, demand your employer to get Fibkey Dental on in the network and then just take a week off, head up to Rhinelander and get seen by Dr. Fibkey. been listening to the chasing mcnaughton podcast presented by tech hockey guide 
covering the Michigan Tech Huskies and the CCHA.